Notes from the Upper West Side, a novel by Dan Wrench. Chapter 110, Sweat and Chick Funk. So, I decided to go soul. I'm a highly intelligent man of moderate appetites. When I'm into a babe's soul, I can live with jamming her only a couple times a week, or a month if I have another babe's soul on the side. Mainly to get into a babe's soul, though, she has to be hot physically. And if that cuts both ways, then the gnarled and veiny look I was cultivating, the Paul Bunyan-Clint Eastwood mashup, that look would need to get all the way cultivated and stay that way. So I went to the gym and broke my bones and grunted. I did my kegels with nobody around I could brag about it to. Except Parp. Maybe that seems miserable to you. If I were reading this book, I'd think this guy is miserable. But the truth, back then I had a lot of optimism for some damn reason. I could smell opportunity in the air. What did Big Butt Belinda call it? Oh yeah, fecundity. I had no idea what that meant. I still don't. I'll look it up someday after they make a dictionary I can trust. All I knew was I could smell something loamy in the air, something fertile, and I wanted to be ready for it when it called my name. The wife and I even recommenced the touching and rubbing and popping juice activities. She would stroke my veins and my muscles. I can feel your body getting hard, she said. But still, wife sex kind of sex you get from someone who's pretending she's doing you a service and now you owe her one, you know? I didn't tell Junior about St. Billy's bounce and the kegels. I was pretty sure she knew me well enough to know my investment in dick maintenance wouldn't be for her benefit alone. So I was officially continuing my double life. Around the wife, I was the guy trying to get his acting career back on track and getting buff to make that happen. And in the meantime, as kind of a side reward, the wife was letting me slam her like a slut now and then. And hey, she started working out too, with weights. So staring at her ass was helping instead of hurting the dedicated husband act. But in the real world, I was getting buff so I could maybe ball Nipsey and Cynthia. It got to be all I could think about. Nipsey and Cynthia. I'm pretty sure they craved the taste of dick. Every now and then I relived my encounter with Cammy at the Film Center Cafe. I really blew that up. My only regret was that she didn't lose an arm in the explosion. Or half a face. That's right, soy sucker. Have a nice glass eye. So it was like I said in the last chapter. Captain Think commanded me to go down to Whispers on 6th to see if I could help out with one for the road, the tobacco that tastes like cunt, and I'm obligated to do what Captain Think commands. The whole situation with the video and this tobacco was very peculiar. Yet another thing Mulder and Scully could have shown flashlights on. (music) 
One for the road and a little round Jewish hat were both dreamed up by the same general group of people. And at the time I'm writing this, these people are kind of famous, or at least interwebs famous in the case of little round Jewish hat. And you must have heard of One for the Road by now, too, since there have been so many on-air chuckle tards either scoffing at it or yucking it up about how maybe they gave it a taste or trying to get it banned for being violence. I'm not sure how that last part works, that violence thing. Apparently, if you smoke a tobacco that tastes like cunt, it's the same as tying a noose around a clit. At least, that's the take from MSNBC. It's kind of funny now when I'm writing it down, because back at the time I'm talking about, right when I first went to Whispers on 6th to see if I could maybe hang with the gang from the video or maybe bump into Cynthia and get a shot at Ballinger, almost nobody in the world had heard of One for the Road. It was just an in-joke the dykes who work at Whispers' shop told themselves while handing packages to the FedEx guy. In fact... Before I got down there that first day, all I heard were jokes about how the Dyke's Dyke friends were going to descend on the place any day now and stage a sit-in with one for the road in their bongs. Parp said one chick came in a few days earlier and insisted she had a mixture of marijuana and one for the road for the Dykes to get high on. I know there are a lot of guys who turned out to be into the tobacco too, and if what my gut tells me is right, the demand for it among men, even in those days, way outnumbered the demand from chicks. But I can't relate to those guys. A generation of mound-munching sissies. Now listen up, you boys. You boys who haven't tasted Snatch yet. You can either make your first bold leap after listening to demented freaks like Parp who think cunt is earthy and silky and the key to a dream. Or you can wise up young and take it from your Uncle Polly. It tastes like sweat and chick funk. You boys who've already gone there, you know what I mean. So be warned. There are a lot of people living in a psychotic dream world where snatches lull your tongue yummy. A lot of people. And they may as well all be on Bobby Whisper's payroll. It's all hype. Yeah, I was wrong early on for thinking it must be an exclusively dyke thing. But fuck, now that I think of it, I don't even understand why dykes would be into the taste of sweat and chick funk. You know? Notes from the Upper West Side is a work of fiction. The people depicted in this work do not exist. Notes from the Upper West Side, copyright 2023, by Dan Wrench.